raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning, Indianapolis. It's 11.05 on 93 WIABC. The Kendall and Casey Show. Ethan Hatcher and Brad Klopfenstein filling in. The first two hours were a breeze. Let's bring it home an hour three. I've been having fun. I've been having a blast. Now, if you missed the first two hours, you go to WIBC.com, mm-hmm. click the Kendall and Casey Show, and you will find those two hours up there. They're either up now or they will be up there shortly after the show. They'll be up at some point. The point is, we upload the podcast each and every day. So if you missed a moment of this glorious entertainment, you can you can go back. And better yet, they put the encoding data. It's it's on digital streams too. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're watching the the podcast. So if if you happen to have a PPM, it'll still tick no matter how you enjoy the program. Yeah, and it's It's so in fact, yeah, we are uh, we're live on YouTube right now. If you want to watch us in studio, and you. You can hop in the comments and call us names and tell us we don't know what we're talking about. Exactly. And that's, sometimes, that's what the comments are there for. Sometimes we will mug for the camera, which you don't catch if you're uh, listening to us over the air. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Now, we haven't discussed a whole lot today, although it's been one of the biggest items in news this week, the disastrous ruling from Colorado taking Donald Trump off the ballot. This is largely being perceived correctly as an unconstitutional maneuver from the Supreme Court, which is usurping. It's completely turning the Federalist system on its head in this ruling and also is a miscarriage of justice convicting Donald Trump of a crime that he hasn't been charged with yet. Mm. Now, Ethan, I, the, this begats lots of questions. Mm-hmm. One, wasn't there some sort of a trial in Colorado, like a week-long trial, where I think that some lower, very low court did find him guilty of some sort of insurrection. But they, but they weren't. But, but there weren't any hearings. There weren't any evidentiary hearings, which is something that Bill Barr has discussed. So if it was a trial, it's not what's constitutionally outlined. So now the other things, quote unquote, so this, trial. Yeah. So this is a state ruling on federal elections. So yeah. either they're setting the precedent for the other forty-nine states. So I think the U.S. Supreme Court needs to rule on this very quickly because otherwise it is going to be a free-for-all. But then, so after this, let's say that Donald Trump still ends up being the, the Republican nominee. Does that mean Colorado won't place him on the general election ballot? That I mean, also a good question. that could happen. Or what would prevent states like Indiana or Idaho from removing like Joe Biden from the, the from the ballots exactly. in our elections? Exactly, it's opening up a can of worms. I know the the Colorado GOP has said that uh, that they'll just hold their their uh, primaries caucus. via caucus. I which, thought that was a hilarious workaround. I didn't appreciate the strategic brilliance of that when when I first. So, I, I think it's story. a great workaround. Although yeah. it, then it makes me think as. The libertarian in me who doesn't think that the the citizens and taxpayers should be paying for effectively what are party politics, um, you know, if if a party can do this without libertarian party ta- has to self fund is what you're saying, right? The libertarian <laughs> party self funds, so why not make the Republicans and Democrats self fund their caucus or their primary or whatever they want to do, and then just say here's who we're going to nominate? Um, I think it could save the taxpayers a whole lot of money. Sure, I hope could, they go that route. But that's not the goal here. We got no, to cement not. the lead of the duopoly. <laughs> well, we have to perpetuate it when when Gary Johnson and um, the Massachusetts 
Phillips, former Massachusetts governor, were the Libertarian nominees in 2016, and they were running against Trump and Hillary Clinton, and they could not break 15 percent in the polls. Oh, that's so depressing. Oh, I thought, and they ended I thought up for at, sure they were going to break 10. That tells How could me you not? It is a rigged game, Ethan. Well, um, Jake Tapper talking about the SCOTUS decision. We, you know, we're we're probably not even going to have to deal with it ultimately because the, the Supreme Court is incredibly likely to overturn the decision. By uh, the terms of, of the 14th Amendment, according to the Colorado Supreme Court, his conduct constituted an insurrection or rebellion against the, the Constitution of the United States possibly to be disqualified. So when the Supreme Court decides that decision, it, it will ipso facto be uh, one of the most consequential uh, constitutional decisions in American history. So you know these justices pretty well, many of them. Uh, it's a 6-3 conservative to liberal uh, division on the court right now. Three of them were appointed uh, by uh, Donald Trump. I find it very difficult to imagine the court, the U.S. Supreme Court, upholding the Colorado Supreme Court. Yeah, good call, Jake. I find that difficult to imagine, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, so why is the best in the business, Ethan? <laughs> I mean, but you have even opponents of Donald Trump who note the iniquity of this maneuver and voice a desire to defeat him fair and square in election if the opportunity pre presents itself. People like RFK Jr. Speaking of ballot access, and you've spoken out about this, the Colorado Supreme Court recently said Donald Trump's not a, not allowed on the ballot because he allegedly, they say he engaged in insurrection or rebellion. What, what is your reaction? Uh, it's it's like one of the craziest decisions that I've seen, and it's terrible. I mean, it's just terrible that they, um, you know, people, half, this, half the country wants to vote for Donald Trump somewhere around half. And, you know, if, if another country did that, like Pakistan or Iran or... You would sanction them. Well, yeah, well, we'd say that's not really a democracy. But, you know, we're doing it now. We're, we're trying to, like, you know, I'm, listen, I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump's. Uh, that's why I'm running against him. But I'm, uh, I don't want to beat him in a fixed, you know, fight. And, and what's going to happen if they do that, if they succeed, which I don't think they will. The decision is crazy. But, you know, then it's going to leave half the people angry. And, and rightly so, they should be. People should be able to vote for who they want to vote for. And even if he was, you know, and, and, and by the way, it was no due process. He wasn't convicted of insurrection. Or even, or even indicted. Yeah. You know, or indicted for it. So, and there was no evidentiary hearing. I mean, if the Democrats want a civil war, that's how you get a civil war. That's exactly by, right. Right. By taking away your opponent's ability to to even participate in the electoral process, which is disgusting. Right. We didn't well, used it, to be a banana republic, but we're quickly turning into one. And if you look at it, Colorado, we already know that your electoral votes are not going to go to Donald Trump. Just let him be on the ballot. And, and when I say a banana republic, I don't mean like a nice, you know, ever so slightly green, fresh, firm, ripe, yellow banana. No, I'm no. talking about like a mushy banana republic, brown, spotty, rotten banana republic. That's what we're turning into. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the Supreme Court acting quickly on this because we can't have this lingering out there. And I think it just emboldens a lot of people. And you're right. It gets a lot of people fired up needlessly and i would like to see just the temperature kind of simmer down to a low boil instead of a, a large boil well there are also constitutional scholars who you know much like his opposition much like many people are pointing out that look the supreme court is almost certainly likely to overturn 
this and it calls into question the logic of the Democrats' decision here. Uh, when I read the 14th Amendment, I see the words insurrection or rebellion. This was neither. This was a riot. Most people in the public can see it that way. But it's also not clear that this applies to the office of the presidency. Uh, they go through and they enumerate offices uh, that notably does not include the presidency. So there's a number of elements here that could result in this being overturned, as I expect it will be. There's also the fact that the 14th Amendment was designed to prevent the Confederacy from retaking the federal government, which they'd just been allowed to re-enter. So do you think that the framers and the writers of this amendment would have intended for the authority to determine electoral ballots be given back to the Confederate states? No, no, that's not how that was designed to work. So, oh, I, well, we're just not going to have any Union soldiers on our ballot. <laughs> Y'all are insurrectionists. We declare this a war of northern aggression. <laughs> so what this might end up causing, and I don't want to see this either, is suddenly the federal government taking over elections from the states. Yeah. And I... I I mean, there's a whole number of ways well, this the, could the, go. Well, look, look, the states have the ability to run their elections how they see fit. And they you should. Determine, right, and they should. And that's how the Constitution is works. But the federal, but they don't have the authority to determine who is on the ballot. Right, exactly. That's they, they have an obligation. Of, that's a uh, different set of powers. By the way, state of Indiana, yes, and you're a Republican supermajority. You got cute and put the two election cycle voting in the primary mm-hmm. thing in there. I'm glad that that got overturned. There's, there's some parallels here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they effectively eliminated 80% of the residents of Indiana from being able to run for an elected office. But also have to pay for the process. They do have to pay for the process. But but being barred from participation. Yeah, that seems a little dicey to me. I don't think you can do that. And yeah, glad that stinker of a law got overturned. Amen, brother. (laughs) Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher, Brad Klopfenstein filling in, and we got more on the Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Oh, by gosh, by golly. Welcome back to 93 WIBC. Kendall and KC show. I love that state. Isn't it crazy how hate listening is a phenomenon? Why do people tune in if they just want to complain? It's the, I guess it's an emotional release. It is an emotional release. And yes, people feel better about themselves. And I think there are some people who just live to be outraged. I have a lot more stuff, you know, fun when I can laugh with the hosts and engage, uh, you know, and just be entertained and not be, you know, antagonized and frustrated. I, I, those are- <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you're having more fun today than yesterday? Well, I have fun every day. I come okay. to WIBC. Okay. It's a privilege and a pleasure. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Kendall and Casey. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's Brad Kloppenstein. And this is 93 WIBC. Of course, one of the subjects we've been discussing at length today is the ongoing border crisis, which is 
pretty incredible. It is reaching levels never seen before by border officials, uh, even by reporters who are flabbergasted at the staggering volume of migrants crossing, you know, the, the poorest borders. So, Ethan, I have two questions for you. Sure. A, how long do you think it will take for them to even stem this tide? And B, what would you do if you were in charge? If you were, uh, if you were the czar. Well, if I were the border czar, first thing I'd be doing is uh, uh, continuing construction of the wall and reinforcing uh, uh, border patrols and also supplementing that with uh, uh, more tracking technology like drones or, uh, you know, extra enforcement in, uh, you know, like mountainous regions or stuff like that. Okay. You know, that that would be one of the one of the first things that you could do. So you would secure the the border. Right. Just enforcing the laws that we already have on the books would be nice. That'd be that'd be a good first start. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I I don't think it's now both sides are kind of entrenched. So the Biden administration is almost in a position. They've talked themselves into a position where they're convincing themselves this is not an issue at all, and we're not going to do anything about it because the Republicans want us to. However, you would have to think that they look at this and say this is not sustainable. We can't keep allowing this to happen. And I wonder what their justification is for allowing it to happen. Are they looking at it though? Because that's the question that was posed yes. to White, White House spokesman John Kirby. Does does the president know? Has he seen pictures? Has he watched perhaps the news? Is he aware? And John Kirby doesn't know. Has President Biden seen photos and videos from the past week of the sea of people crossing into this country illegally? I understand he's probably been briefed on it, but it's he's seen photos and videos of it actually happening. I can't attest to what the um, the content is of the material he gets every day, uh, but he has been kept apprised and briefed, of course, by uh, by the domestic and national security teams on this. But what's in that content? I mean, I'm not part in, uh, of those discussions. I see nothing. I know nothing. We just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, but you you would have to assume that this ignorance is largely self-imposed when you, you have all of the implements at your disposal, you have the reports, you have the interaction from border officials who have made their testimony, and you have news reports from even left-leaning organizations like MSNBC who are shocked at the sheer volume in these border communities of migrants that they're witnessing firsthand, much like the uh, uh, weapons that were left behind in Taliban. And you can't gaslight us, administration. We have photographic evidence. Right. Another thing is these crowds here in Eagle Pass have never been this large during my reporting. This is the most people I've ever seen in Eagle Pass. And other reporters, colleagues working other parts of the border in Arizona, in Hakumba, near San Diego, tell me the same thing. We have these conversations, and the conversation is always, well, I've never seen this number of migrants arriving. And we know from the reports coming from the government with these numbers, we have the number of apprehensions, the numbers of encounters, everything spiking. So we don't know what this will mean moving forward. We just know that the numbers are much larger. Perhaps you think you're being treated unfairly? No. Good. This deal is getting worse all the time. But you're a sanctuary city, you're a sanctuary state. You asked for this, you voted for it. Oh, no, the consequences of my actions help. Ah! <laughs> well, they never expected it would be at their doorstep. It's very easy to say, yes, we're a sanctuary city and because you're virtue signaling. But when you are a thousand miles away from the border, you don't expect them to just show up. 
well, they 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 thought that border states would be yes. the people that had to deal with this problem, and they never imagined. Well, the volume—it's staggering. You're in, when you're inviting st- entire state populations or eclipsing entire state populations with a volume of migrants. That's incredible and a problem. So imagine if you're a migrant. A, how bad is it where you're from that you're going to make this trek? And then B. What is it that they've been led to believe is going to happen once they get here? Well, they've been led to believe that they'll be taken care of by the Biden administration. There have been interviews with these people. They they have been told, and likely correctly so, you come over here, they'll get you set up with a room, with some food, and yeah, it's probably better than where you came from, and you have an opportunity to go from there and disperse, you know, disperse wherever you want. You get to pick. And it calls into question how intentional this is, because of course the president refused refusing to engage on the issue, refusing to enforce border security and then gaslighting the public and demanding more fundraising, raising as though, you know, somehow it's the Republicans in Congress that are the the problem here, which is not at all the case. But really, I think this is all going according to plan. It's what they want. Corrine Jean-Pierre old oh, ha, 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 seems to think that this uh, level of incursion isn't that unusual. And what we're seeing here at the border, the migration flow, uh, increased migration flow, certainly uh, it, you know, it ebbs and flows and we're at a time of the year where we're seeing more uh, at the border and it's not unusual this is an immigration system that has been broken for decades and the president has taken this very seriously to try to do more because it's all part of the plan not unusual brad it's not unusual he's pledged to do more Really? Tell me more. What exactly? Yes. Yeah. What foreign policy? What, what do you say? Uh, Joe Biden leads foreign policy uh, from a position of uh, principles and values. That's what we were talking about earlier in the show. What principles and values? Yeah, exactly. Giving away the game. This is a case where the house is on fire. She's like, yeah, we're going to pledge to do more. It's like, all right, when are you going to turn on the hose? When are you going to turn on the hose and start to put out this fire? I, I have yet to see that happening. Um, I think I ignored part of your question that you asked earlier. When do I expect it, or if I expect yes, things yes. to get better? Um, and, and, and basically, have the have the Democrats so entrenched themselves that now Biden can't start doing something with the border because he doesn't want to give in to the Republicans? We have a minimum of maybe two to six years before we see a change. A minimum of two because we have next year's election and. And the guy actually has to get into office and start making changes and they don't happen overnight. So you're going to have a few months like at the minimum. I mean, if he you know goes hot and heavy on the border first day after you know entering office, Joe Biden's uh, uh, been defeated. We're not going to see a big change for you know another few months after that. So at least two years. And if Biden's reelected, God forbid, uh, you know, at least another six. That's kind of like uh, where I'm at with the city of Indianapolis right now. Like we're bought into another crap show for at least least six more years because of Joe Hogsnot and if he gets dele- uh, uh, or defeated by a, a Republican opponent in the next election it's going to take time for them to clean up the city and all the damage that's been done over the last 12 years. I, now see I would have to think there's a significant percentage of Democrats that want the borders to be secured as well even if Where it's are just- they though? Yeah, I don't know. Because I, they'll call out the Colorado decision, but they're not calling out the border crisis. You yeah. don't have those sound bites. So mostly they seem to be sympathetic to this uh, uh, incursion on the United States. I, I wish more people of both of those parties would be willing to, to call out their front runners and say, listen, this is jacked up. This is not the way you run a country. You have to. 
you can't if you're a republican you need to start calling out donald trump for being crazy and being a bully because he is if you're a democrat you need to start calling out joe biden for not doing anything to protect our borders dementia riddled moron oh my gosh (laughs) that's my rant for the morning actually it's not my only rant i've already ranted but that's my latest well i mean we, we, we just got complex and compound problems that are facing the country right now and no easy solution. If anything, I wish these jack wagons would just listen to their constituents more than their fundraisers. Ethan Hatcher says there are no easy answers. I say he hasn't looked hard enough. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher and Brad Klopfenstein filling in. It's been a great show so far. It has been. I've enjoyed it. Really had a lot of fun. And producer Jack doing a great job, making some great selections. The bump music has been pretty good. You know, producer Carl and producer Kev, they set a high standard with the bump music selection, so I'm glad you're following in a worthy tradition. Thank you. They made some nice choices with it, so I'm, I'm glad I'm doing well so far. Well, yeah, they've trained you well, too. I mean, this has been a mostly flawless show, the way things have been executed. Well, mostly, it's been flawless. Well, it's good to hear. I appreciate it. Yeah. Spreading the love here on 93 WIBC. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we got more on the way. News is up next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Ninety-three WIBC, Kendall and Casey show. It's eleven thirty-two. Ethan Hatcher and Brad Klopfenstein filling in. Producer Jack on the board, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. Producer uh, Brad. Yes. You're going to have to set this story up because I guess Todd the Bod Rokita is going after the EPA for trying to put the squelch on Indiana. I, what's this? What's happening? What's, so what's uh, I, I received a uh, press release from Todd Rokita's office, I think uh, Wednesday, maybe yesterday morning. Okay. Um, but yeah, so. Why are you getting press re- releases to Todd Rokita? I'm the only person here at WIBC who will still talk to him. <laughs> well, Tony will still talk to him, I think. Okay. So, I don't know. I, somehow, I ended up on Tony Todd Kennedy, press release list, and I, I've i remained there. I, I don't know if it's because I'm an average Hoosier or because of my connection to the radio station, but I, I get his press release. It, it's strange. You'll get press releases, but Abdul won't. Well, you know, now, he he now gets I, barred at the door. Well, now, he used to yes, at one now, time. Now that they know that I'm getting these press releases, I might not get them anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, we gave away the game i'm sorry brad i ruined it for you but tell me what's going on that's okay uh i've actually known todd rokita for 25 years so um i okay maybe you can answer the question what's happened to todd was he always this way he He i don't recall it being this wild when he was a congressman no he changed it was when he ran for senate i think yeah as soon as he put on that maga hat suddenly suddenly things changed a lot okay so anyhow so back to this press release right so um anyhow he joined with attorney generals from 15 other states uh 
calling on the EPA to roll back their plans to impose stringent uh, new emission standards on power plants in Indiana and elsewhere, particularly coal-fired power plants and natural gas-fired power plants. What a bunch of macaroons. How are we supposed to uh, power our electric vehicles? Well, exactly. So I, I agree with the sentiment that they are saying, EPA, please roll back these things because the fact is a majority of the power in this country is still coming from coal and natural gas. And so the sentiment is right. I don't know why the attorney general is the one who's issuing this statement. Shouldn't this be coming from the governor? I would think the governor would be the first one, maybe our legislature. So it's well, it's the attorney general who needs the positive press right now. Well, so I think is. that's the genesis of this maneuver. Yeah. So <laughs> my under, although my understanding is uh, Abdul Hakim Shabazz was just over there this morning with a uh, freedom of information request. Oh no! And he turned that in, so I'm sure he was welcomed with open arms. Yeah. Well, things but, are get, about to get worse for old Todd. It looks like. Yeah, quite possibly. So, but I wanted to morph this into a bigger question to you about just general energy policy. So, I mean, you've got the the far left who's saying that it needs to all be green, even though the fact is green is not nearly as green as it's no. necessarily sold no, to not. us by. So if, you know, if green doesn't work, if they don't want coal, if they don't want natural gas, what what do they want? There You could do hydro, but there hasn't been a dam built in the United States in 25 years, probably, and the environmentalists get upset because it stops the migration of fish. Um, they don't like, you know, windmills. Birds have problems with windmills, and now we're seeing that the windmills, when they replace the blades every 10 years, they have no way to recycle the blades, so those are just getting buried. Dumped in a landfill. I, exactly. That in the wind doesn't always blow with solar. I mean, it's overcast here, which takes up an incredible amount of acreage. Take, and that's a secondary problem of if they're putting them on tops of buildings or parking garages, that's great. But if you're taking productive farmland out of production, suddenly that that solar farm is competing with our stomachs, which is another problem. So what are your thoughts on energy policy and where should we go? And should the Indian Attorney General be issuing a statement like this? Well, you want to know how I know that the green energy freaks are disingenuous in their assertions? How? Because they never talk about nuclear energy. Nuclear energy is by far the greenest, most efficient energy production that you could ask for. If you want cheap, effective, reliable, inexpensive energy production, then we would be expanding nuclear energy. And oh, I heard the people who are, who are uh, squawking about, well, what about the radioactive materials? What, what are you going to do with that? You can't just put it in Yucca Mountain? Fine. Fine. You don't have to store it in Yucca Mountain. And I actually proposed this idea to a nuclear energy expert who said that this was a smack bang idea. Put a rail gun right on the side of the Yucca Mountain. You don't even have to move it and launch using a railgun, that nuclear material right into the sun. You have a natural incinerator at our disposal right in the center of the solar system. It's not going to do any damage there. And you can power it with its own nuclear station. I wonder how much, in terms of resources, it would take to do that. That's not a half bad idea if it works and there's not other problems to go with it. But you're right. I guess my, and some of my point is there is no energy source that is 100% without risk and other other harms that come with it. 
is what's going on. I, you know, coal is limited, although there's still 300 plus years of coal at our disposal, and they seem to keep finding more. And especially for Indiana, we are a big coal mining state still, um, and we still use a lot of coal. But they've they've been able to clean up coal enough to where well, they've vastly been able to improve the efficiency at which coal burns by yes. essentially vaporizing yeah. the coal and creating a fine coal mist, which then incinerates and burns at a much higher temperature than if you were just piling the coal in a you know a furnace and the like they did in the olden days yes i think they called that clean coal and for some reason they stopped either they stopped calling it clean coal or they were forced to stop calling it clean coal but effectively like you say it burns a lot cleaner than if you see it's it's capturing the most amount of energy material inside the particles that 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 you can like it combustion is a tricky process and it requires like the right balance of air and combustible materials to form the the most efficient dispersal of energy yes and as a nation we are so much better than we were 50 years ago i mean if you see old pictures of you know all the steam locomotives 70s yeah yeah, just belching out smoke i mean factories were belching out smoke uh it is i wish they'd bring back the steam locomotives though i like steam those are they're kind of cool but they're pretty uh, i rode one (laughs) out in colorado it was a scenic railway and it was still fired by coal and that was the sootiest trip i ever took you, which it, I was you on can't say soot on the radio, Brad. Why neck? Why? <laughs> wah, wah. Sorry, Ethan. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I get it, you though. It um, was dirty. One of my favorite train rides ever was on uh, Mount Washington. I think was the name uh, out in New Hampshire. You ever heard of the Cog Railway? Yes. Okay, so this is a railway that was specifically designed to go up one of the highest, steepest embankments of any railway in the world. And they actually built the steam locomotive with like a 35-degree incline. So as it climbs the hill, the, uh, the, the water tank is level while the rest of the train is making the incline. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's so, so- cool. Oh, I love okay, now I got to do like that. that. So now Let's bring it, back the trains. If you want to clean up something, I'm pretty sure that we can. So we can replace. You see, if we if we implement more nuclear power and we take away the coal and the other carbon intense uh, energy production, then we can replace it with the trains. So that way, it's net neutral. Now, we I, can have the, we can bring back the steam trains and have inexpensive energy production through nuclear. Now this is a plan I can live with. Talking about energy. Now I'm down with nuke. Now even ah. a, a very side story. So. I think most people know. I ran for Lieutenant Governor. Rupert Bonham from Survivor was was the the, the guy who was running for governor at the time. I remember and I, it well. Yes. I, so I was invited to speak in front of a Hoosier Environmental Council forum of some sort. And Rupert actually showed up to, to make an appearance and, and watch. And Rupert and I were on the same page 98, 99% of the time. But I just remember the, the look on his face. They brought up. They were talking about energy policy, and I said, well, yeah, I'm cool with nukes. I think we ought to look at that. And the look on Rupert's face was priceless because he's like, he started shaking his head, and he's like, no, no, we're not for, we're not for nukes. He <laughs> told me that afterwards. I'm like, well, then we probably should have talked about this ahead of time because <laughs> I think I'm down. You know, but Ru- just- uh, Rupert Bonham was a man with a glorious beard. That's yes. Glorious. He still has a glorious beard. He's yeah. A- the nicest person I have ever met in my entire life. I mention his facial hair, of course, because uh, as you may or may not have been aware, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witnesses, 
well, they used to not believe in facial hair. They, they said that God doesn't like for you to have a beard. Jesus wants you to shave, and we're going to kick you out if you don't. But after more than 100 years of this intense policy, people like Rupert are now allowed to join. They have the freedom to style their facial hair as they see fit. A monumental change. And I know a lot of people don't care, but I found this absolutely hysterical. So I'm going to share this update from the governing body, the eight men who decide what the biblical truth for 8 million Jehovah's Witnesses actually is. And now the Bible says you can have facial hair. In recent times, the wearing of a beard has become common in many more lands. So how should we view a brother who chooses to grow a beard today? The video ended with an intriguing question. How should we view a brother who chooses to grow a beard today? The governing body has asked me to read the following announcement. A number of branch offices around the world have written to us indicating that there continue to be questions about whether or not it is proper for a brother in an appointed position to wear a beard. After prayerful consideration, prayerful. the governing body has concluded that there is a need to clarify this matter. We need to clarify that. The governing body does not have an issue with brothers wearing beards. Because they all like to have the stuff. Why not? Because the scriptures do not condemn the wearing of beards. Furthermore, as time has passed, we have noted that in many lands, it is acceptable for men who hold responsible positions in business and government to wear beards. Amazing, good people can Thus, have a beard. Whether a brother wears a beard is a personal decision. <laughs> from eight men in New York as if you needed that. But if you wanted it, there it is. You finally have it. Individual freedom, the liberty to grow out your stubble. And you have a fine little goatee you got going there, so, Brad. Uh, no, I do. So you'd do, be allowed in the club. I, well, would they? Would I have been banished? Had you would have. A goatee? So what I got stubble? in trouble. I got in trouble one time when I was but a lad for explaining to a Bible study they would have to shave their goatee if they, you know, fully joined the organization. I'm like, don't tell him that, Ethan. Not because it was untrue, but because it might dissuade him from uh, uh, becoming a witness. Oh. <laughs> Okay. What about stubble? How long? How many days could you go before you suddenly went from clean shaven to bearded? I actually know of people who were told the morning of, like, "Oh, you can't conduct, uh, you know, this service at the Kingdom Hall because you got too much stubble, brother." So and so, you you, you got to be replaced, and so they'd switch you out with the, the understudy. And, and like for any given service, they would have understudies available to swap out at a moment's notice if you didn't live up to the expectation. I mean, this is a wild daffy cult if you ever needed like a peek behind the uh, curtain and well, confirmation Ethan, i'm excited after the show i think you and i are taking a bunch of christmas gifts to the jehovah's witness hall <laughs> well they, if anybody needs christmas gifts they need it they, they could use some christmas uh, cheer because there's none there we only we only mock and tease because we're correct <laughs> Well, because I'm disgruntled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> disgruntled, excommunicated, probably. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I kicked out a long time ago. Hey, welcome to the club. But, okay. Hey, I'm, I'm actually happy to be here. It's much more fulfilling. Uh, that's good. I'm glad you're here. I, they probably would have frowned upon you being on the air. Yes, they would have. Broadcasting I, I, your, your voice from this room to parts unknown well and making your opinion known on politics something which is antithetical to jehovah's witnesses like so so yeah i am i am living basically the opposite lifestyle that they they would approve of okay well look at you now you've a great success you so are a great be, success must so be high, doing well you're a highly respected member of society ethan i wouldn't say highly okay moderately <laughs> respected member of society moderately <laughs> i'm number two <laughs> Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. We've got one more segment to go. I'm not sure if you saw an incredible news story. Apparently, a great escape from the Indianapolis Zoo. Or was there? More details up next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Everybody here at 93 WIBC. The reason for the season is vacation time because we're all taking off this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that I, I've got more airtime this week than I have in my entire life, I think. Well, I don't know about my entire life, but uh, uh, seven day, or five days in a row, happy to be here. Yeah, you're doing a great job, Ethan. I'm thrilled to be a part of the Kendall Casey Show, and thank you for coming in and co- uh, co-hosting with me today. You did a great job. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm Brad Kloffenstein. Shout out to uh, apparently my daughter and son-in-law who are watching on the YouTube channel in New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Wonderful. Yeah, so we can talk New Jersey politics if you want. No. Okay. That's too limited of an audience. Well, let's let's talk about the great escape from the Indianapolis Zoo. Uh, I I was terrified for 30 seconds yeah for yeah d- apparently some lions were were escaped but no so, that's not it's not what happened so uh, you ruined it already so allegedly well on wednesday evening there was a facebook post that was going around showing pictures of lions that allegedly had escaped from the indianapolis zoo there was a male lion and a female lion they said they were captured on a trail cam in somebody's yard and run for your lives we're all going to be eaten alive and the zoo found out about it and quickly put out a, a, a post saying, um, we haven't lost any lions. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we don't even have a male lion right now. And somebody searched back to on that picture. Picture originally came out in Nashville saying they'd escaped from the Nashville, Tennessee Zoo. And ten- Nashville, Tennessee said, we don't have any lions at all. But originally it was from a real trail cam. Those are really live lions that are in the wild in, in africa, in africa. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah a little 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 far away there uh, so not did, imminent danger for indianapolis so did you see that before you heard it was not accurate no i i had already saw it debunked when it came in my uh, facebook feed okay so I, 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 I was not alarmed even momentarily I, the first time i saw it i saw somebody posting it as if it was fact and yeah and the, the little bells and whistles and alarms in my head went off i'm like 
I can't imagine that this is factual. They thank- lost him a call one time, but it, because that thing can fly, it eventually came back when it got hungry. And thank God there were there wasn't a lion running around because if there was, you know. Brad, you absolutely know some people would go up and try and pet that thing because they think life is a Disney movie, and that's exactly. not how it works. I, I got a perfect example of that. Um, an Australian couple, which had done a safari trip to Africa, and at their resort, they they had an encounter with a warthog. An encounter that ended badly. Check this out, warthog. He's going to come up the steps. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. (laughs) Help me! Help! Help! They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. That if you touch an angry on, warthog. Yes, I, I would like to see them going back to the manager. Uh, I'm sorry, when we checked in, the front desk did not tell us to not pet the warthog. <laughs> Why do you have to have signs for this? This is like the uh, the signage on your coffee cups where it's like, contents may be hot. I'm a bit. You a, don't say. I'm a big believer in natural selection. I just hope those people have not reproduced up to that point. So, Well, that's why they can afford the vacation. Well, that's exactly right. They, they, don't, they don't have, have kids. kids. Okay. So, so, all right. So, nature works. They, they're they're, they're living the dink lifestyle. Double income, no kids. <laughs> now, uh, ironically, there was a zoo in Australia that did have a couple of lions get out. Oh. Years ago. Years ago. Oh, okay. So, years but ago. Not, not like last week or anything, but it's. Was but yeah, that so before they happened the, the, the gun ban over there in Australia? Was everybody, uh, you know, properly armed and able to defend themselves? No, they all, all they had was boards with nails. Oh, and a didgeridoo. <laughs> didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. Got up with the boomerang. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Of course, wrapping things up, uh, this will be, I think, my final broadcast of the year. So I am I am bidding adieu. Are you I going on vacation? Vaca- I will. I will be going on vacation to Pennsylvania next week. Nice. So, so I'm leaving. Join the Amish? Uh, I'll be passing by the Amish, and okay. I'll be uh, shopping at some of their uh, farmers' markets and antique stores. The Amish, Amish got some nice antiques. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ethan is a big antique collector. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, he likes old phonographs. Yeah, lo- well, I mean, I love any. any you like all the old antiques, but yeah, he's got I a keep great keep my eyes open. That's how I ca- uh, got that 2,000-year-old uh, Han Dynasty bronze dagger. Because you just never know what you're going to run across. Exactly. So, now, I will be back in. I will be with uh, Jerry Lopez Tuesday afternoon sitting in for the Hammer and Nigel show. And then Abdul and I will be on these airwaves Thursday morning sitting in for Kendall and Casey. I'll be tuning in. I love listening to uh, you and Abdul. Oh, it's great. Abdul guy. and I have not done a show in years, and I'm looking forward to this. I, I, Abdul's a great guy. Um, also, bidding goodbye and good riddance. Green Jean-Pierre oh, <laughs> delivering the final press conference of the year and telling y'all ta-ta. I see you next year. Bye, guys. Thank you. Go outside, nerd. Get out. Go. I ain't got time to be distracted by your worthless chime-ins. Go on. Be gone. We don't, we don't miss you. We don't miss you, KJP. <laughs> see, hopefully that's not how people feel about our show. Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> Who cares if they do? Because their listens count the same. Exactly. Looking at you, Hilo. Thank, thanks for listening. <laughs> they, they tune in to hear Rob. We'll talk about Brownsburg next time. Love the hate listeners.
Unfortunately, that does it for us. Uh, it's been a fantastic show. Thanks for listening to me, Ethan Hatcher. That's Brad Klopfenstein. Producer Jack on the board doing a fantastic job, and we'll see you after the holidays. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.